So uh, quite often we, uh, for uh, the Dharma talk, and uh, uh, often have uh, a session that we call Mountains and Rivers. And Mountains and Rivers are, it just means uh, exchange, a question and response. I say response because it might not be an answer. And um, know we've done, we do them informally and uh, sometimes in the afternoons and don't record them at all and don't announce them ahead of time. But when we do, uh, when this person doesn't know what to say, then I need your help. You have to ask me questions. So the idea is that we do it together. You ask questions, and I'm not too concerned about the, the subject matter, uh, just if it's something important to you that you would like to hear a response to, and I'm happy to do that. I think we've done this uh, a few times for uh, Sundays and Wednesdays. So, David? Um, what is luck? Luck is a, a, a word that was invented in uh, uh, 2000. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a word, that, I'm not sure what the source of it, maybe someone knows, but it's, it's just something we, uh, a name uh, that we give to um, just knowing that things uh, come and go and come and go, and we, we're not sure exactly what the causes and conditions are. But, behind any particular thing. So uh, this is something that is, uh, shows up. Um, and it seems to have to do, if we were to go into the karma, well, karma is uh, very, you know, very literally and very simply, it's just cause and effect. This happens, therefore this happens. That stop ha stops happening, so, or this stops happening, so that stops happening. So it's just, that's a simple uh, cause and effect idea, which everybody knows that. But it's much more complicated than that. It's uh, actually, the actual cause is not just one cause. There is no one cause, as far as we can see through uh, through the understanding that is gained through practicing awareness practice, rather than just thinking practice or analyzing or speculating or logic or you know, that kind of thinking. Not not mocking that. I'm just saying sometimes people get very attached to their ability to think very clearly. Uh, quite often, you can do really well on SAT and so on. And so it's a, it's a sign of intelligence, of course. But when we come to luck, then we're saying uh, we, don't, we never wish anyone bad luck, particularly. Say, I hope you have bad luck. Oh, thank you. Uh, we say, well, I wish you have good luck. Oh, good luck with that, Jim, Bill, Fred, Brad, whomever. <laughs> and, uh, but, but there is something happening like that. There's some, some kind of quality of causes and conditions. We say it in, uh, in uh, the uh, practice called the Four Reminders. In the first reminder, we say, uh, uh, first contemplate the preciousness of being free and well-favored. You're lucky to be born free. So you could have been born in, uh, in Syria. You could have been born in, in, uh, in the Ukraine. Not that that would be bad, but it would be a little bit more compromised than what we have here. Free and well-favored, well-favored in that you were born. This is, a, I think, is a lucky part. If you were lucky enough to be born as a person that uh, has the, 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 the um, openness to be able, and curious, curiosity, that your mind isn't so shut down with beliefs, opinions, ideas, and structures, and everything that actually stops you from seeing a more open dimension. And so the luck part... Um, um, there, there probably isn't luck. 
Uh, if you knew the f if you knew the entire situation, you probably wouldn't be be here. Uh, you, if you wanted to use a relative statement about that, you'd be everywhere. If there wasn't any place you wouldn't be. You can you have condensed into a human form, and by doing that, you all of the the structures and everything that are leading up to any given thing, any given thing, are hidden. And what do you get? You get to focus on this. But you can't focus even on what's outside in the garden. You can't focus what's down the road. You can't focus on uh, three days ago because it's always a memory and it's always incorrect. You can't focus on the future because it's always a presumption, a projection, and it's incorrect. From the basic uh, idea of relative truth, which we lean on all the time. Uh, we, the way we uh, create our own little structure so we don't feel so insecure as egos, we, as we develop what's, what's called an opinion. An opinion is just you stop looking, basically. You have an opinion? Well, what do you think about that, Jim? I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you or not. Well, it's, it's just my opinion. But what it is is you've, uh, you know, it's a bird that stopped flying. You just land. Ah, finally. I can rest on this. But what one does not realize when you do that is everything else is on the move. It's going. It's moving. Uh, death comes without warning. This body will be a corpse. That's the other part of that statement. First contemplate the preciousness of being free and well-favored, difficult to gain, easy to lose. That's pretty simple. Death comes without warning. You know, the idea is that we don't know what's going to happen, so if we wish someone luck, well, we hope we have good luck. It's just that, uh, it's just a way of uh, uh, putting a little bit of uh, um, painkiller on, the, on the, the freaked out ego. That wants something else. The one who has uh, who has attained realization, um, and it's not an actually an attainment; it's a, just an understanding. But one who has seen that no longer really is that interested in luck. They're I'm not saying they're ignoring it or doing away with it, but they understand that it's uh, it's just a speculation or an understanding or a, a, or wishing for something else. In other words, wishing for some kind of security. More on that. I can just chatter all day. Is it, um, the relative luck is that attachment? Well, a little bit, but it's not the kind of attachment. It's that kind of attachment is something you can see. The kind of attachment that is the difficult kind is the kind you're totally unaware of, and that's the belief in the self. We believe we are a solid being, and, that, and it's not. There's no way to inspect that or see that because it is hidden hidden from us by our preconceptions, our presumptions, our ideas, our hopes, our fears, our prejudices, just on and on. And the interesting thing about a prejudice is you don't know you have it. People who are, yes? Is there love in our afflictions or predispositions? Well, the idea is that the causes and conditions, the causes and conditions that are arising is any given situation are extremely complicated. It's not even, you can't count them because they're for one thing, for two things, for three things, for four things, for five things. Give me, give me some time here. And you see what I'm saying? You could go on and on and on about all of the things that are just very simple. This, uh, I'm always using this kotsu. You know, you could say this is one thing. Uh, and it, where did it come from? Well, there had to be a tree and it had to be, I don't know, you know what kind of wood that is? Yeah, let's call it, uh, um, bamboozle. See, it's that kind of wood. You've got that kind of wood, and then you have someone that has to get it out of the tree, then you have you have to carve it, and then you 
and then you have to sand it and shape it, and, and, and it just goes on and on and on. Everything flips. Everything is like that and has some kind of, uh, of various causes and conditions that come up to produce a one apparent one thing. Uh, so take me deeper with that question. What is it that's apparent? Is, is it ever really one thing? Uh, so that's what I was saying. It's dependently arisen. So the, 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 one, the quality of oneness or separation is not exactly correct. When we, it's, it, it can be one thing as long as there's no attachment. Then it appears as one thing. It won't last. It's going away. If there's attachment, then we artificially keep resurrecting emotions. Like if someone offends you, uh, is disrespectful to you, you feel that. It doesn't feel so good. But the person who is spending a lot more time spinning around in their life instead of just being clear about what's happening to them, will attach that, hang on to it, and, and then it develops in what, what we call, uh, what's the name for that, resentment, irritation, those kinds of things. So we tend to tend to kind of keep perpetuate that original uh, insult. And that's, this is about the, the self-centeredness or the ego or the, that person who needs protecting, who doesn't need insulting, and feels that they're fundamentally valuable, um, need to be, well, there you could go. You know, the, the idea of ego comes up many different ways, and there's lots of things you can say about that. But basically, we can't see that we're making an assumption about a separate being, me. And it, we have all kinds of uh, support. We have a body. We can think about birds, or we can think about um, Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, you can do whatever you want with it. You know, we have all this. Free, so the, the, that creates the illusion of freedom uh, of some kind of... Uh, a relative freedom that's really uh, empowering. So that's why we tend to think there is a solid being here. But then we also find that, perhaps you do, you find that you, you can't actually, if you really have free, that kind of freedom, if you really are a solid, real, living uh, a person, then you could just be happy. But because of dependent origination, because of the collection of... Uh, uncountable different things that are coming together to form this apparent situation, this apparent situation, just in, as they say, time and space, uh, but it's changing, fluctuating. And uh, the hope and fear, hope for something better, fear of something worse, those two right there will run your life unless you see through them. And they may not run it in the sense that you're constantly hounded by this, but it can come up. Some people have it more difficult, more, more have a more difficult time than others. Some people are at the mercy of just incredibly uh, emotional swaying this way and swaying that way. And what uh, uh, modern medicine tries to do with that is cover it up. Most of the medications, antipsychotic, anti everything. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying it shouldn't be used. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. Uh, but there's something about the cover-up attitude of everything, or the controlling attitude that does not go to the basis of it. There is no doctor anywhere that said it's saying, train your mind. And if they do say that, they have an idea about your mind getting better. Not going to get better. Unless you have a quad walk. <laughs> so everything is constantly moving and changing and moving and changing. As long as you're looking for something else, what you have here is, if you're, if you're, if you're fine with just this, then eventually everything is just this. And it may have some, some kind of transformation happens where the negative feelings, you don't care how you feel. You're not dismissive, 
but you're not too concerned about the emotions and you have a little bit of a sense of humor about it. You can see that you're, if you're clear about what this is, clear about who you actually are, then the negative, positive, neutral feelings have, uh, they have so much room they don't know what to do with it. They can go on and on and on. They can, the negativity can just ramble. Uh, there's no one behind that that is threatened by that and feels like they need to address that. This doesn't mean that if you have a headache or cut your arm or something and there's incredible pain there that you need to find somebody that uh, find some situation to take care of that. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, we uncover lots of the gamble. I mean, if you have Jupiter in the fifth house. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, is there ever a time... Uh, but he's a monk. He's going to be a monk. But, uh, excuse me. I want to make sure he doesn't... Because I'll forget. Don't you dare go out to the... Don't you go out to that. What is that place called? Casimo? Casini? You know, I don't go out there. Bad monk. <laughs> Go ahead, David. Is, uh, I'm, I guess I'm thinking more about in terms of um, not in terms of casinos, but um, some kind of risk um, if something arises. So, what is your basic question? I'm following you, but what are you saying? Do people? Some people seem to have luck. They run into difficulty, and they just come out okay. And the other person goes into a similar situation, and just they, everything goes wrong for them all the time. So, do you have a question about that? So, if I, I think you're saying sometimes you have to be in this way, sometimes you only have to kill somebody in that sense. Is yeah, there another way that it, it shows up? Specific question. Uh, other than, I mean, it's, of course there is. There's always going to be something else, something else, until there's not. And even when there's not something else, there's still something else happening. It's just not happening to a to a, a solid being. You're, we're not saying you're not here. We're saying that what is here is not separate, not solid. If, if you see, if you if you see what this is, what this situation is, uh, if everyone in the world saw what this is, literally saw as a, a, a alive, there would be no need for rules, laws, regulations at all, because you would because there would be so much respect for others. There would be so much. Uh, understanding, innate understanding of what this is, that, that the, the cooperation, the communication and the cooperation and, as I sometimes say, collaboration would just happen. You would just help others. Some of us, you wouldn't say, let me see your photo ID. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have hospitals that kept some people out and helped other people. This is a sign of insanity that does that. That's like, look at, let's look at it this way. Let's say, uh, say if you did that with your family, which some parents do. They punish some children and and, uh, and, and give others uh, uh, cheesecake. Uh, kids don't like cheesecake, but you know what I mean. But I mean, you know, the, this kind of separating, separating kind of situation in here, and this even even happens in uh, in religious situations where where there's overstepping boundaries, even though there's these religious figures are stepping across boundaries. So I often say, don't uh, don't meddle with anyone, please, because all you're doing is taking your own unexamined crap that you don't see, others might see it because you notice how you can see other people's issues and not your own. Very easy to see who they think they are talking like that. So first, uh, as I say over and over again, and I'm just a little tiny speck saying, train your mind, find out who you are, 
Don't live another day without sitting down and being completely responsible for all of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, without accepting them, rejecting them, or shutting down on them. It's the most valuable use of your time. This is coming from an old man who's been looking at value for a long time. More? Uh, Shoto? You often talk about natural hierarchy or natural boundaries. Yes. What is an artificial boundary? Well, it could be could be a lot of things, but the way I, I would ha address that relative to your preamble there is I would say that it's something that's based on hope or fear. Both of the people say, well, you've got to have hope. You do not have to have hope. Hope is a waste of time. Hope is, this is what you do when you hope. You stop looking at what is in front of you. Don't abandon any issue. And how do you do that? Train your mind. And fear is the obvious one. Hope is you want to get it, and fear is you want to get away from it. It's just two sides of the same doubloon. So less is better. What I'm saying is sit down, hold still. You don't have to join the teaching of Buddhism, although this is where this teaching comes from, 2,500 years of, of uh, a tradition of people sitting down, training their minds, discovering what the Buddha uh, spoke of 2,500 years ago. You can actually discover this yourself. If you do, you're... you're you may, may think of yourself as a Buddhist, you may not. It doesn't matter. You know, Buddhism is just a vehicle for training your mind so you have some kind of structure. Because if you don't have a structure, the ego mind is so uh, fearful and so lazy. I know I'm very lazy. That we won't get up and do what needs to be done to train ourselves. Just like the Hakaran who is upstairs above us right now in the middle of a, just past the middle of a 10-day solitary retreat. So, to, Eight hours a day, she's doing what? Training her mind, sitting down, looking at the wall. Not easy. Shoto. Do we respect artificial boundaries? Uh, you should respect everything. Because you, when you see something as artificial, you should just observe, just look at it. If you're, if you're in the mode of just observing everything, you know, if, you're all, if you're just giving your attention, which is the generosity I often talk about, give, give everything, give everything your attention. Take your eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, off, off from anything. And, of course, the process of doing that, if you're training your mind, you'll be aware of how difficult that is to do and how much you can't quite do it. That's where the tension comes up. And that tension is necessary for you to, for actually the final snap to happen. When that final snap is when you realize who you are. If you've not trained your mind at all and this happens, it can be a, a frightening. But if you have some kind of mind training, then you have a context uh, whereby you can awaken and not be terrified. Marla? Um, I think you may have just answered my question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, I have been finding the four remembrances very meaningful. I think a couple weeks ago you spoke on the first one, as you did a couple minutes ago. Yes. But we are to examine our human life, and I believe it ends, now I must do something meaningful. Yes. Uh, as a type A person, you know, I found that mm -hmm. to be something um, where all of a sudden I was putting pressure on myself. Am I, am I, am I your teacher? You, are my teacher? you should ask me what, what, what do you mean by meaningful? What do you mean by meaningful? Train your mind. That's what I thought you yeah. just answered. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down, hold still. See, you, it's a do-it-yourself uh, 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 transformation or liberation process. Do it yourself. The, the Buddha, I, no, no, if some teacher tells you that they can give you something, doesn't smell very good. Watch out uh, if you're looking for a teacher person. 
look out for charlatans. There are a lot of people that spend their life just wanting to control others based on some kind of highfalutin belief system. Buddhism is not a belief system. I'm not saying it's not occasionally taught that way. There are some uh, forms of Buddhism that are actually not Buddhism, but just call themselves Buddhism, and I'm not going to elaborate on it. If they, if they promise anything, the Buddha never promised a thing that I know of. Of course, I didn't, I didn't know it. So. Can you be irritated with something and want something to be different than it is and also respect it? Of course. That's the only way you can do it. That's the only way you can be respectful. Because if you're not irritated and it's doing what it's doing, uh, then there's, there's no issue there. But if there's a, a situation that's happening that's tugging at you that I don't like that, that's irritating, uh, and you're and you're not you're not buying that, you're not caving in to the impulse. So you're just you're watching the impulse arise. You might even be feeling uh, the clawing feeling sometimes, or the knots that come into our body when we start to resonate with some kind of uh, disagreement, uh, aggression. Just out and out irritation with somebody doing this, that, or the other thing that is, or some situation, or some, or someone's really inconsiderate of you. They don't even might not even know they're doing that. And you know, there might be times when you just explode and, and rattle off a bunch of things and are extremely disrespectful. But if you're a meditator, and if your if your primary situation is to train your mind and find out who you are, to really find that out then that, there's plenty of room for that to occur without it doubling up and being double negativity. Oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, what was I thinking? Well, you know what you were thinking. You were thinking, me, 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 and I, I need to have it my way. But if, you're, if, that, if that kind of situation comes up and there's anger in the space, the open space that you have been uh, nourishing by sitting down holding still and watching what arises in the space, what gets stronger is not the things that arise. What gets stronger is the space. This is your Buddha nature. Take out the word Buddha if you don't want it there, and just say this is your true nature. This is this is this is who you actually are. This is a spiritual path, not a, a mundane. I'm going to accomplish stuff path. You won't accomplish anything in this path. If you do, this is spiritual materialism. Not wrong, just not the spiritual path. Is there a way to see when we stop respecting that and started indulging? <coughs> I think that's, uh, if, if you're training your mind, I think you're going to see that. You're going to see the boundary shift a little bit. You might see yourself, uh, you know, if you're, if you're really irritated by something, like we talked about a little while ago, you're really irritated about something, you, you really can't stop expressing that. I mean, you, you, you know, but you, you do the best you can not to have your aggression and your irritability leak out onto everybody, you know, like some kind of, like, they shouldn't have been doing that because that's what made you irritated. Uh, outside situations, so-called, are just triggers for the un uninspected aggression, passion, and ignorance that are within your uh, uh, this consciousness matrix. Yes. Um, how can we be firm about something without being aggressive about something? Uh, just by practice. You have to. You have to. Just like you, if you learn to do anything, you have to first witness your, for lack of a better word, your failures. You can't get better at at. Uh, um, Wood carving, you can't get better at auto mechanics or at anything without going through it and making making a lot of uh, ways of working with it that don't work. I'm moving too fast on that, I have to slow down on that area. The same thing with that. It's just a matter of, uh, in the situation here, you're a monk, you live in a monastery. So here you have the opportunity all the time. You're working with other people who are sangha, who are training their minds, and you're working with this person. 
And so uh, slowly over time, there's some kind of relative situation that, that clears the ground, creates what uh, uh, Wei Wu Wei, the, the, the fellow who wrote, uh, um, I can't remember the book, but he, he said something about, uh, about uh, the, the falls in line with the Zen idea of just sit down, just face the wall. This is the Buddha. And he, he referred to that as a, a Bodhi mandala or a, a circle of, of awakening. That every time you sit down, hold still, this is awakening. It's not separate from it. Nothing is actually separate from it, but that comes closer to, to being a, a, phys, a, a, a an embodied manifestation of uh, the awakened mind. Yes, sir. I would take an example of aggression. You know, maybe at one point in my life I stopped hitting people, and then I stopped yelling at people, or maybe I stopped externalizing my aggression. Um, at what point does that become uh, more? I'm trying to understand respect. How to respect the situation because no matter what, there's still that resentment there. So the first respect is here. I mean, you have to you have to make friends with yourself. That's the way Trump Rinpoche, my first teacher, talked about it. So you have to first relate with your own aggression against yourself, the self uh, hatred, you could call it, or the self just being unhappy with yourself and wanting to, you know, box your own ears. You know, to get yourself to be more, more better. <laughs> How can we use that external trigger to maybe put some of the attention on the own lack of respect for ourselves? Uh, sitting, sitting practice, I think. And then, and then with each person, it has a different kind of uh, modality. There's a different way in which that moves. You, you, if you're a person who's just uh, um, trying to characterize it, basically. Uh, uh, like an A personality, the way Marla described her situation, you know, it might be different than someone who is more subdued, uh, more and, and really can't really, can't even notice any aggression. If you interact with them, you suspect there's something going on, but they're so good at, at just not having a problem with anything. So, uh, but everyone's having a problem with something or it wouldn't be in this room. So repetition, repetition. And rep the repetition is showing how that sometimes it gets stronger, sometimes it gets weaker, and there's no way to find the causes and conditions. You're not going to find the off switch to ego. You can't just say, oh, ego sense why didn't I think of that? Well, of course there's no self, click, end of problem. So the reason there's no off switch is to, there's no off switch to illusion. Illusion or delusion is unreal. The, the self-centeredness, the ego, the me feeling is actually not real. It's concocted out of the way consciousness works that has been downloaded into a body. You're born, you're here, you function, you start to get enculturated with all of the, the cultural jibber-jabber that comes towards you, that tells you who you are, you gotta accomplish something, you gotta go to school, uh, you can't be lazy. It's just a, a constant flow of, uh, constant haranguing of the culture, which the, our families will tune into on different levels. Please go ahead. Um, can you say how the respect you're talking about is different from our Traditional understanding of respect. Uh, the respect, uh, the traditional understanding is that you, you have ideas about the respect. There's reasons why you respect them. You have a reason why you respect them. There's a reason why you don't respect that person because of what they're doing. Uh, what that, what the, that kind is a laboring behind or around or over the assumption that there's a solid being that could have done something about themselves. You could all name, if I ask us, I'll, I'll give you uh, 30 seconds. Everybody here, name somebody that you can see that is, doesn't, isn't particularly deserving of respect, 
But if you look at them, you can see that they, they're helpless. They don't know how to change. They don't have any way of getting any help because they're so lost in their own circularity. I'm right, I'm right, they're wrong, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, they're wrong. I mean, just constant chatter. If you, have, if you enter, if you have any clarity yourself, which means you're able to receive, you're able to give something your attention without adding on your opinions. If you can't look at something, listen to something, hear something, smell something, taste something, without thinking about it, then you need to train your mind because the mind, what the mind does, the mind separates you from your world. You actually are missing your life because you're looking at your preconceptions of your world instead of the world. If you see the world, you won't know what it is. That's the beginning of it. You actually won't know what anything is. And ego does not like that feeling. And it will do anything to resurrect some kind of artificiality because in order it feels so it feels like somebody. So that's the first thing. You don't know what it is. This is called emptiness in Buddhism. And then what is the next step? If you don't know, I'll tell you. You find out you're not separate from anything. So it's no longer empty. It's just empty of you. And it's empty of other. But it's not empty of this. And this is a, the teaching, uh, third turning teachings of, of the Buddha talk about that being everything is, nothing is separate from anything else. So therefore it's uh, completely radiant. You might wonder logically how I got from not separate from anything else to radiant. Because there is no word for what it is. Anytime you make any word, it falls back into the relative category. It does not transcend this world. It stays in this world. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. More please, yes. So you, what is your question? You're seeing, you're seeing what those are yourself. What, what do you need help with? How do I know? What are you doing now? Well, that's a start. <laughs> you don't need to know. Really, you really don't need to know. But what you do need to do uh, to, to know is that, that whatever is arising, don't separate yourself from it. Intense feelings, emotions, don't add any kind of opinion, idea, structure on top of that. We're not psychologists here. That's a lower level of working with the mind and trying to make somebody healthy. Uh, we're going to go right past that, right to the actual identity of who you are, what you are. And it is not easy to do that. So it's just a matter of continuing. Do a lot of sitting. Find time to sit. If your job situation interferes with that, create some more time to sit down, hold still, watch what continues to move. It won't necessarily lead to something, but it tends to work with what your self-centered mind is yanking you into based on causes and conditions. Kozan yeah. um, asked earlier uh, if people could speak up, since this is the mountains and rivers, which is features questions and answers. So, so if you could speak up with your question. We're nearly out of time, but... Um, Thank you. Yokido uh, from Minnesota asks, if fear is abandoned, does it follow that hope becomes abandoned too? And then she says, I hope that was a good question, but fear it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you try to be funny? <laughs> I think they're hooked together, and it may be different with each person. And we're not—I'm not talking about trying to not be hopeful. I, well, I hope uh, your ad in Craigslist. I hope that car sells. I'm not talking about that. I'm, you know those, but I'm talking about the 
the bigger bundle of uh, hope that tends to get in the way, in the way, you know, like uh, the news reporter, uh, uh, the journalist uh, that says uh, when in the middle of an interview, who gives you hope, you know, and the people are ready to think about the positive parts of it. And there's something about that is, uh, um, something about that is uh, not, it's a sidetrack. I don't know what else to say about it. It, it actually takes away from the fear part. It's like, it's, it actually is agreeing with, well, if you have hope, then you have less fear. You probably need to have that, that fear, not cover it up with hope. Marmon? You mentioned the word value earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess in reference to discovering who you are, you want to say a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, find out what's really valuable. Yeah, find out what, what is really has, has value. And of course, that's finding out who you are. And how the way you do that is you begin to work with, uh, with the, the provisional teachings. You be, begin to work with open fear. You begin to work with desire, uh, uh, passion, and with uh, um, either desire to get something or the desire to get rid of something, which is uh, passion and aggression. Or because you can't, those don't work. Nothing works to keep you safe or keep you satiated. Satiety, yeah, mm-hmm. that word, uh, then uh, you tend to cover things up. So, some kind of ultimate understanding or ultimate value. There's all kinds of words for that that tend to point to it, that kind of take you away, take us away from it. Love, uh, karuna is a Sanskrit for compassion. I feel we could go on and on. Uh, and this, uh, yeah. It's almost over. Yeah, we can, we can stop. Thank you so much. I'd like to remind everybody about our donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate and depend upon your financial support, so please help us. We also accept PayPal, debit and credit cards, checks in the mail. May we bear this penetrating to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize.